Western Teacher Live, talking about public education, unionism and much more. Hello and welcome to Western Teacher Live, the podcast brought to you by the State School Teachers Union of Western Australia. My name is Bob Fig, and I'm here with Chloe Hoskin from the union's growth team and we're going to be talking about how new educators can make uh, the most of uh, all the support they can get from the union and how to look after themselves in the workplace, uh, focusing on health and well-being by using the agreement and your rights to make sure that you get treated correctly and uh, don't get burnt out too early in your career and Chloe that's a serious issue for a lot of uh, young teachers isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. So our um, retention in the first five years can be tough and a lot of that is around workload issues. And so when we're talking about wellbeing here, we're not talking about yoga or meditating or any of those things. We're purely just talking about some of the industrial entitlements that we have or the industrial conditions that we have that will mean that we can set some boundaries around our work and have a little bit of a better work-life balance in that space. And uh, I see one of your your subjects is say yes intentionally, which sounds a little bit mysterious. So explain that one to us, please. Yeah, look, so we know that, you know, a lot of teachers, including a lot of new teachers, do choose to take on some extra responsibilities when they start. And that can be really great. You know, you might take on after school sports or be on a committee about something that you're really passionate about, that you want to change at the school and make a difference. You might do a lunchtime club or you might do a homework session. Um, And that might be something that, you know, is something that gives you professional satisfaction at work. Uh, It might help you develop your CV or finish off your graduate portfolio. But the thing that we really want our new educators to know is how to say yes to those things really intentionally so they know what they are required to do and what's like an optional extra, something that they're choosing to do. And the way that we can do that as teachers is to know our agreement and award. So those are two documents that set out our wages and our conditions as teachers. So that covers absolutely everything from leave to class sizes um, to the right to disconnect, which I'll talk about later. And you can read that agreement and award in a few places. So we put out a red book every um, time we get a new agreement. And that agreement is negotiated between the union and the department that ends up with our conditions. So we put out a red book. If you've got the app downloaded, you can have a look at the, the agreement and the award in the app. You can also log into the website and read our Know Your Rights sheets or download a copy, a PDF copy of the red book there. And that will give you some ideas about what those conditions actually are. So using your understanding of the agreement and the award helps set some boundaries around the sort of the never ending work of teaching. And uh, there are um, programs in place and entitlements in place for new educators which are intended to help them through those uh, challenging early months and early years of, of their career. Tell us a little bit about how people can access their graduate entitlements. Yeah, all right. So let's start with Clause 13, which is my favourite clause in the entire agreement because it deals with graduate entitlements. And this is something that the union and all of the union members have worked for over a very, very long time to put in place for our new teachers to make sure that you've got the support you need to get through those first two years um, and and sort of alleviate some of the workload that's that's extra when you're first starting out and doing everything for the first time. 
So I'll quickly run you through the entitlements, but again, we'll talk about how you can find out a bit more later as well. So the first one is that you attend four mandatory graduate modules in your first 30 months of teaching, and your school is given money um, to release you to attend, so to pay for a relief teacher so that you can go along or to pay you if you need to do it online or during the school holidays. And there's also a travel contingency. So if there's any costs associated with you travelling to attend, um, there should be money there with your school for those as well. So the first one is that sort of allowances around graduate modules. The next one is graduate release time. So we know, for example, I remember the first time I had to do a parent-teacher interview, how stressful it was and how much time I put into preparing and making sure I was 100% ready to go. And all of the things that you do as a teacher, when you do them for the first time, it takes a lot more time and a lot more effort. And to sort of acknowledge that, in your first year of teaching, you're entitled to an additional two days of release time per term. So that's time where you're not in front of your classes. So compared to the experienced teacher sitting next to you, two additional days per term, which is basically like extra dot time. So you can do all those things like mark assignments, prepare for parent-teacher, write um, your report comments, for example. And so some schools do that where you negotiate with the school and you take it as a whole day or a half day. And other schools are able to timetable it and it ends up as roughly one hour per week. But either way, eight days in total over your first year of that additional release time. So we've talked about graduate modules, we've talked about release time. Now we talk about some money. So you get $150 in your first year to spend on curriculum materials and that's yours to keep. So your school gets that money, you go to them and, and ask them how to access it because every school has a different way. But whatever you buy, you take that away with you and you get to keep it. So it might be a maths textbook, it might be a Bluetooth speaker. Try not to spend it on something um, like printing, you know, that you're not going to get to keep because then if you move to a, a new school, at the end of that first year, you want to be able to take those materials with you. So the $150 curriculum materials allowance, and this has just gone up in the new agreement for secondary teachers from 78 to 150. So again, that's something the union has negotiated for our new teachers. The other one that's really important you get, because it's quite a lot of money, is the start-up allowance. So there's a $1,600 additional payment that's paid through payroll at the start of your first year and then again at the start of your second year of teaching. And that should just come into your account, um, uh, sorry, into your pay just with your regular pay and we'll say startup allowance next to it. And the last thing, which is a, a graduate entitlement that you might want to know about, is optional. It's called in-class coaching. And you basically get a semester's worth of coaching sessions with a trained teaching and learning coach from the graduate teacher team. So you can have a look at all of those things on ICON or you can log into um, the union website and have a look at that stuff as well. So that's Clause 13, graduate entitlements. First one that you might want to have a look at. And uh, we move on to knowing when you teach and perhaps one of the, the most common misconceptions around teaching is that you turn up at 8 o'clock in the morning, walk in your class, maybe at 10 to 9 and you never leave again. But of course being in front of a classroom is, a, is really quite a, uh, a small part of the work that all teachers are doing. So it's really important to know um, all about your, your uh, award, uh, sorry, clause 10 of the award, which is know when you teach. So tell us a little bit about that and, and uh, why it's important for new educators to understand it. Yeah, so clause 10 is dealing with 
how many minutes of face-to-face teaching you have to do every week. And like Bob's saying, you know, we know that for every hour of face-to-face teaching, there's a significant workload outside of that. But the thing that you need to know is that no teacher in public schools in Western Australia is required to teach for more than 21 hours and 20 minutes a week. So I'm a maths teacher. So I, I, when I found this out, I sat and I added up all of the minutes on my timetable. If you're not a maths teacher, find one near you who can do the same thing. And look, the common misconception about this is that your form or your homeroom, that sort of class, that pastoral care stuff where you're still in front of kids and you've got some type of teaching responsibility, that that doesn't count. But actually it does. So any time that you are in front of kids in a classroom teaching adds up to be your 21 hours and 20 minutes of face-to-face teaching each week. And uh, going on from that, of course, there are the the, uh, guidelines around what else you do and your entitlements for duties other than teaching, for example, and also the right to disconnect. And at a time when social media is all-encompassing and everyone's in contact all the time, there seems to have been a real growth in this expectation that your child's teachers should be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and if you want to contact them on a Sunday, we'll find that's not strictly true. Um, in fact, it's not true at all. So tell us about the right to disconnect, and perhaps from that, also talk about dot time, which is that absolutely vital time for teachers uh, to do their prep, and it's one of the things that's getting absolutely smashed at the moment with the teacher shortage, and many, many teachers are reporting they just don't get their dot time. Yeah, so look, and you know, maybe in future we'll talk about the internal relief and and what you can do there, but let's start with that dot time. So we've talked about the face-to-face time, 21 hours, 20 minutes, and obviously you've got to be on site if you're teaching face-to-face. Dot time is the same. So dot time is time where you need to be on the school site, and that's the time where you can do your planning and your marking and your lesson prep and call parents and all of those many, many things. So the deal with dot time is that secondary, kindy and pre-primary teachers are entitled to 320 minutes of dot time per week. And then for primary teachers, it's 270 minutes. And actually in the 2019 agreement, which was not the most recent, but the one before the agreement negotiated, that was actually an extra 30 minutes of dot time for primary teachers. So 30 minutes less face-to-face, 30 minutes more of dot. So they've got a little bit more planning time again because of the work of members um, in the SSTUWA. So um, that is really important that you sort of have a look at your timetable and make sure that you've got your 21 hours and 20 minutes of teaching time and then your 320 minutes of DOT for everyone except primary teachers who it's 270. So we know that, you know, there is work that ends up having to be done at home sometimes, but outside of those conditions, you get to choose when you work, right? So you get to make the decision about when and how you're going to do that additional core work, such as like writing an assessment or marking an assessment, for example. And leading on from that and talking about taking work home or, you know, you want to stay back and and work in the afternoon at work, however you choose to do it, up to you. You've only got to be on site for that dot time. Is the right to disconnect. So when you're at home, outside of school hours, um, on the weekend, during the school holidays, when you're on sick leave, you have the right to disconnect. Again, another entitlement that has been won by your union and something that other unions are really picking up on now and they're trying to get that for their members as well across the public sector and other industries because it is so important that we get uh, a chance to switch off. So unless it's an emergency, you are not required to respond to communications outside of those working hours. So that's phone or email or text message or any type of communication like that. So that, again, gives you the ability to set some boundaries and decide when and where and how you're going to get that work done. And, uh, of course, 
the theory is um, all in the act, it's all in the agreement, and it should all f- slot into space really nicely. But unfortunately at the moment, as we all know all too well, all, all members, all school leaders, all teachers, all the principals are under immense pressure at the moment with the massive crisis we're facing in terms of the teacher shortage. So there will be pressure on people um, to ignore some of these rights that they have and not take them up and to be contactable and to, to uh, uh, perhaps uh, be doing stuff during their dot time they shouldn't be doing. Uh, and then you need to have the skills to solve those uh, conflicts, I guess, with your, your leaders potentially or your line managers. So how, do, uh, how does the union support young teachers uh, and new educators, and all teachers, in terms of uh, if, they, if they need some help in making sure they get these rights respected? Yeah, look, I think the main thing that I really particularly want new educators to know is that you're not alone with this. You don't, you're not uh, responsible for going and solving, for example, maybe a timetable that's got a few too many minutes of face-to-face teaching in it. So I'd say your absolute first port of call would be your union rep. So that's the person who's a member, they're at your school, and they've been elected by all of the other members at the school to act as the rep. And they get lots of extra support um, from the union. So, for example, they will have been into the office and done training with our, our education and training centre. If they need help with your query, they can call up their district organiser and have a chat to them about what to do next. And they can also address things through some of the structures that they might have in place. For example, they might have regular meetings with the school leadership team and they would be able to be part of the workload advisory committee as well. So when you're going to the union rep, you're not just chatting to some you know, random member at the school, you're actually talking to someone who's got a lot of support behind them as well. So they're a really good person to start with. But you know, um, I know that sometimes timetables are tricky and you might just always miss them and it, it's hard to get in touch with your rep. So you can also go to your deputy rep or your women's contact officer or you can give member a sister call. So that's our um, sort of our, our advice line and their number is 92106060. So you give member a sister call and just uh, have a chat to them about what your issue is and they can give you some confidential advice. Then you don't have to act on it, but at least you then know um, what you can choose to do or not to do and nobody else finds out about that except you and member assist. The other thing for new educators, and when I say new educators, I'm talking about people in their first five years of teaching, is that you can access some support from the growth team. So the growth team, we do a lot of work looking after new educators, um, and the best way to contact us is neweducator at sstuwa.org.au. So just send us an email and we'll get in touch with you as well. And of course, the um, online too, there are a number of things you can do. You've mentioned Know Your Rights, and there's also the new um, How to Make It Work uh, kits that are being put together. They'll offer you pro rata letters and how to initiate contact with people. And if you're in an unformed branch um, and you don't have a rep, which means you're a member of the school, but there's no actual rep, have a think about becoming a rep maybe, but certainly make that personal contact. You are not alone out there. The union provides experts like Chloe and experts in member assist and and, uh, online help as well. And they are there to help you. Uh, So make sure you access that help. Now, we're going to have a uh, second part of uh, this podcast about knowing your rights at work and how to make them work for you and improve your experience as a teacher. So uh, join us for part two, um, which will be going up uh, very shortly. And we hope you've enjoyed part one of uh, this podcast. Uh, podcast Western Teacher Live, uh, letting you know what your rights are at work, how to make sure you get them, and how to make sure you use them to make your career more productive and more enjoyable. Thank you for joining us. 
you know your rights? Our Know Your Rights sheets are your easy-to-use guide to key employment rights, conditions and union advice on issues including leave, dot, work health and safety, workload and more.